The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jarami, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Ricky Herrera, my producer, is here with me. Uh, Good morning, Ricky. Good morning, Vic. Good morning, everyone. How are you? I am good. Ready to start the the week? What's happening with you? Doing great, man. Thank you. Yeah, lots lots been happening last week and over the weekend. You know the 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 tragic uh, earthquake, sort of record earthquake in Turkey and Syria, um, where well over twenty thousand people have died, tens of thousand people injured, uh, tens of thousands of buildings have collapsed. You know what's what's striking is, and I don't want to go into stuff that's been reported in the news and probably everyone listening has heard and seen it over and over but what strikes me is is that uh even in in times of catastrophe in times of uh absolute devastation uh Turkey's president Erdogan is still up to his old tricks uh he is still bombing northern Syria uh he is um his government uh at times is refusing to help cities and towns uh that have been hit by the by the earthquake that are heavily kurdish populated and most i think most people know that the 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 kurdish minority in turkey are constantly prosecuted and killed and uh subject to all kinds of harassment and i mean worse than that actually and so even in in time of tragedy that's sort of happening and the other thing is that uh a lot of nations and even organizations are sending aid to Turkey, but not to Syria. And that's pretty sad to see. I don't think uh, human life should be treated like that. I think everyone's, everyone's pain is the same. What, why this is happening, uh, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's gonna be a long recovery for uh, all these people, especially in, in the cold of winter. Yeah, it's unfortunate that there's a political element still, as you said, uh, aid not being given to to Syria. And over the weekend, uh, obviously, survivors are still being uh, pulled out of the rubble. Um, I was reading reports. Uh, so this was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake that struck Syria and Turkey last Monday. Rescue workers are racing against time. Because, you know, people are trapped. As you said, it's cold. And I was also reading that um, a lot of the survivors are homeless people. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things at at play here that are just the gravity of the situation is tough. It's It's a recipe for disaster because that entire area, northern where Syria meets Turkey, for years that the Turkish regime, Erdogan's regime, has been uh, killing Kurdish and even Syrians, and a lot of them have been displaced. They're refugees. So now on top of the the fact that they are, that for years they've been suffering without homes, um, sort of having lost uh, their homes in the cities that they came from in Syria. Now on top of this, this earthquake, and you're right, it's, it is a race against time because a lot of people that didn't die 
immediately from the earthquake. Now they're at the risk of dying from injuries, from bleeding, and also starving. You know, a lot of them are kids. And that kind of brings us to another subject that's sort of <laughs> relevant in that region, which is I was reading this report that uh, the five largest Western oil and gas companies alone making a combined $200 billion, with a B in profits in 2022. Uh, that's um, Exxon, Chevron, Shell, Total Energies, and of course, the big evil company, British Petroleum, or BP. The most prof profitable year uh, on record for these uh, five companies, you know, and um, so much suffering is attributed to these companies and the way their practices and the way they conduct business and what they do to the world. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the largest industry in the world. The The second largest industry in the world, which doesn't even clo come close to oil and gas, is the military industrial complex. But oil and gas is the largest industry in the world. And, you know, it's um, it's really responsible for let's just get blunt, for wars around the world um, that are happening even now. Um, and to see this kind of profit, which, you know, it, it re-energizes and it goes back into the executives and it goes back into the pockets of all the lobbyists, the high-priced lobbyists that they have, um, uh, lobbying world governments and our government and our uh, Congress for... for um, for their benefits and for their, you know, self-interest. So um, I thought that was a that was an interesting but not surprising uh, report. Uh, and I think you have some um, some new developments with uh, five officers that are being charged. Well, first I just want to say the two hundred billion is a nice chunk of change. And uh, living in California, we are definitely uh, affected by that directly we have definitely contributed to that mm -hmm. to that large payroll anyway the five officers who were charged in uh tire uh, nichols's um unfortunate death prosecutors looking into review all the cases that they've been connected to which i think is the right thing to do there was a recent report came out that uh one of the officers sent text message photos of Mr. Nichols uh, after he was beaten. Um, so the, the sympathy was never there for these officers. Um, I think I think reviewing their past cases is, is the right thing to do. Yeah, um, they're going I think, deep. I think they have no choice after an incident like this. Well, yeah, it, it all comes into play. Their entire career has to be factored in as to what their track record is. Uh, if this was a their first offense or, you know, things like this and similar things have, have happened. So um, it makes total sense. I think, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear a lot more about this. The Blunt Post with Vic. Irvine's vice mayor, Tammy Kim, was elected to city council in November 2020 in a historic win, beating out 13 other candidates to take first place. Born in Korea, her family moved to the United States when she was an infant. Vice Mayor Kim is an immigrant success story, having been a Fortune 500 corporate executive and led a successful nonprofit organization before venturing into public service. 
Good morning, uh, Vice Mayor Kim. Uh, thank you for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. I hope everyone's having a great morning. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was really nice meeting you uh, about a couple of weeks ago in Irvine. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And it was great meeting you too in Irvine. I'm glad you had an opportunity to stop by our great city. Yeah, you have such a beautiful uh, city hall and uh, uh, council chambers. Very impressive. But then again, it's Irvine, so uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised. You've been a you've been a council member there since uh, about three years now, and uh, prior to that, you've had a just this very impressive career as as an advocate, as an educator. Um, you've run nonprofits. You've been a, a Fortune 500 uh, executive. Uh, how has this experience as a council member and an elected official been like? I, I mean, it's been crazy because, you know, really um, being on city council, I, I really look at many ways as a continuation of the advocacy work that I've been doing for many years. And uh, it is on a different level and a different platform and, and policymaking Um and just really looking at our whole community and having access to our whole community and really understanding a lot of the challenges, really talking to all of our residents has been a really great experience for me. And uh, I've, I have overall been enjoying it so far. I mean, there's the politics of it is, I would say, probably the downside, but the actual the the serving of our residents is really what i've enjoyed and every time i have a wonderful interaction with a resident or i can help solve any problems that they that they might have puts all the negative political things you know it, it I, i'm able to like overcome that yeah. yeah i get that i get that it's Irvine. It's a, you know, it's a beautiful city. It's often on some sort of a list of one of the safest cities in America with over 300,000 population. It's, you know, it's just one of the most fantastic places to live. But lately, last few years, there have been some controversies. There have been some sort of uh, hiccups in City Hall. And you are, and congratulations, you're running for mayor. Uh, you're now the vice mayor and now you're running for mayor. How do you um, look back at all of that and plan to sort of take the city forward? Yeah, we have had a bit of controversy as of late, which is which is extremely unfortunate. You know, what, one of the things that I talked about in my announcement is, you know, we've been under FBI investigation and we've, you know, had incidents with the Armenian community that I haven't been too happy about myself. And I feel that right now, especially right now, is the fact that we need new bold leadership, the fact that we need um, somebody who's going to champion, who's going to really continue to make sure that um, not just resting on the laurels of the past 50 years, but really looking at the next 50 years and what we're going to do as a city to ensure that we remain, we have a high quality of life for all of our residents, making sure that, you know, we're not 
you know, mired in, in controversy where we don't need to be and making sure that we work with the, the utmost integrity. I appreciate that. Um, I, I wasn't going to put you on the spot. That's why I asked a very general question, but you said um, incidents with the Armenian community. And for your sake, I want to give you an opportunity to explain that. So someone listening doesn't misunderstand uh, and say, wait a minute, are you accusing of Armenian, uh, accusing the Armenian community to do something, you know, bad? Oh, so, no, 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 no. It's it's, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, you know, we had a mayor who was surrounding herself with genocide deniers, uh, which is, which is quite unfortunate, you know, with nationalists that um, quite honestly, you know, want to to do away um, with the Armenian people and, you know, shoving the the history of Ar the Armenian people under the under the rug. And so that is what I meant about the unfortunate situation. Yeah, I, well, I know I know that because I know you and I know the history. That's why I wanted to give you an opportunity. So no one listening misunderstand it. And, and you know, I have to say, since it has come up, the mayor, it wasn't just that she she's been you know she associates with these people but there was and i don't want to go into it or anything like that but uh, uh there was a joke made on a tv show about the armenian genocide armenians disappearing quote unquote where the mayor sort of participated with a laugh and a nod and, and a nod uh, which was very uh tasteless and then followed by a non-apology which sort of further angered the armenian community and so you have been great. I have to say, just for the record, those listening, you've been great in your response. You've been great. You're very, um, uh, you know, unafraid to, uh, you know, just be blunt and, and speak your mind. So uh, that's, uh, that's uh, you know, really appreciate it. This is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you are listening to my interview with City of Irvine's Vice Mayor, Tammy Kim. And, and just to continue on the same theme again, you know, Irvine is this sort of hub for a lot of corporations. It's a, it's a safe place where, you know, a lot of people go to raise their family school system and grade schools and um, community. And yet you have a very ambitious, uh, you know, uh, campaign and plan and, and all of that from economic development to climate change, which, you know, makes sense and all of that. Uh, what can you elaborate on the things that you're working on? Yeah, it, it, as I mentioned, uh, really what we need to start thinking about is Irvine 2.0, Irvine the next 50 years, because as we are continuing to grow, as we become, we're one of the largest cities now in the United States. So I think we, we rank like number 56 in terms of our size. And if we want to continue to have the quality of life that we have, the safety that we're accustomed to, um, the the high quality of schools, the economic uh, prosperity that we've experienced relative to other places, then we need to ensure that we are putting together measures in place that we are thinking about things such as uh, housing affordability. Do we have places, do we have enough places 
for working families like our teachers, our firefighters, our police officers, our nurses to be able to live here in Irvine to continue to contribute to our city. Do we are we addressing things we cannot evade uh, issues around uh, mental health and homelessness, for example, because if we don't if we don't have a solutions of places where people can go to right now, I mean, they can, uh, you can have homeless people set up in the streets and there's nothing you can do if you don't have a solution for them. Right. And so, you know, or do we want to make sure that we have an infrastructure around mental health so that way the police officers are not the front lines of every mental health crisis that exists? These are what I call big city problems. And if we don't address them head on, then we're going to end up And no offense. And I, I love L.A. and I'm from L.A., but I don't want to end up. I go to L.A. now and there's people, you know, the, the sidewalks are littered, uh, unfortunately, with with homelessness and with people that truly need help, but they've been ignored. And I want to be at the forefront to ensure that that doesn't happen. And what happens in Los Angeles is years of ignoring neglect and not addressing the needs head on. And I don't want to get to that point where then it's too late. Um, And we have that opportunity. So I really want to think of these things really at the forefront. And I also want to talk about in terms of economic development, that we have a founder economy that that, that thrives on incubating startups um, where good ideas can flourish and, and grow here within the city of Irvine, that our best ideas are not moving to Palo Alto or or Santa Monica or somewhere else, that they're staying right here, or San Diego, that they're staying right here in Irvine. We have access to some of the best and brightest and most talented people um, really on earth. And I want to make sure that we, we hold on to them. Uh, that we incubate them. And when when children go to school here, they're raised here, they go off to college, they ought to have a place where they can come back to. And so these are all the things that I'm thinking about and that I'm looking at. And of course, with all of that, I, I would say you take everything I just said and wrap that up from a perspective of, of uh, sustainability as well as from a, a lens of social equity and in, in social justice. Yeah, you definitely have a forward-thinking um, plan of, of, you know, just looking at the big picture, sustaining Irvine, the status that it's at, but then making it even better. It's uh, quite a challenge, uh, but uh, I'm sure you're up to that. This is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you are listening to my interview with City of Irvine's Vice Mayor, Tammy Kim. I'm just always curious. And by the way, you, you really had a good point. I mean, L.A., you know, you know, L.A. was neglected for a long time. And that's why Mayor Bass declared a state of emergency, because, you know, L.A. County has 70,000 plus uh, people who are unhoused. And of course, uh, you know, it's a very sort of layered problem Mm -hmm. between um, income inequality to uh, disintegration of middle class to our real estate, you know, cost of real estate and rent. 
to we don't have the kind of mental health system. There's a lot of stigma around mental health and especially in our cultural immigrant communities, whether you're Armenian, whether you're yeah, Korean, yeah. whether I mean, it's a stigma. Like we have stigmas attached around sure. uh, you know, mental health. And, and it's that having that cultural competency uh, and understanding. Yeah, it's 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 a real thing in our communities, for yeah. sure. You know, our families sort of sometimes tell us, you know, man up, just man up, stop <laughs> whining and you know, what depression, what postpartum depression, what, you know, PTSD. And, mm -hmm. you know, in our time, we fought intergenerational trauma. Yes. Yeah. You know, so um, uh, but they don't talk about that. All the things that they had to endure, the life expect expectancy was so low um, because there was so much uh, uh, that they they didn't process. They didn't talk about. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great I mean, that's something we're going through. Mayor Bass has been tackling it very aggressively, trying to really combat it. But of course, it takes years to undo decades of damage. So I'm always curious. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, you're you're a Korean American and uh, you're a woman, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, unfortunately, it's still relevant to talk about this. Maybe someday it'll be a non-issue, but I feel like as minorities, a lot of us have to work twice as hard to get the same kind of respect as our non-minority counterparts. So I wonder how it is for you as a, as a woman and a Korean American to sort of navigate through from corporate America to just America and now, uh, you know, politics. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a really good question. And, and yeah, I, I think as a, um, as a woman and as an Asian American woman, as a Korean American woman, you know, not only are we dealing with, you know, uh, an overall patriarchal society uh, in a very white based, white Anglo based society here in this country. Uh, and then you've you've got really misogyny and then but you layer that with xenophobia and racism and uh, Asian fetish and you you know you you wrap that up in a bow, and that's what you have uh, an experience of an Asian American female, and right. then then entering into politics on top of that, uh, you know, corporate America is hard, and then politics is is then a next layer because a lot of, in politics, people's filters they have no filter. And people feel that they can say anything and do anything they want because you're a politician and they feel their First Amendment right protects them from saying, you know, basically bullcrap racist things about you that that is. But, but they wouldn't say that to uh, like a white candidate. Oh, yeah. No, they wouldn't say that to a white candidate at all. Um, but they they say it to an Asian and it's it's that constant f being foreign. It's constant, the perpetual foreigner that I think a lot of uh, immigrants face, you know, but we're always an outsider. Yeah, you're always being an outsider, no matter how many generations you might have been here. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, but on the flip side. I'm deeply proud as you are with your roots. I'm very proud of my roots and my heritage. And I, I'm 
grateful for the opportunity to represent, whether I'm representing in the corporate boardroom or whether I'm representing in politics, uh, and whether you're representing in the, the entertainment and media space. I mean, we're all playing an important role when it comes to uh, representation in all aspects of American society. Yeah. At the end of the day, we've been dealt these cards and we we play them you know yep. what's the what's the option uh, so i appreciate that this is the blunt post with vic on kpfk 90.7 fm i'm your host vic jarami and you are listening to my interview with city of irvine's vice mayor tammy kim so going into you know this this year you know 2013 we're still relatively just in the year what are your um what are some of the top things on your agenda Oh, so for 2023, uh, some of the top things on my agenda is, uh, you know, in Irvine, we're going through a districting process. So making sure that we have a process that is fully transparent and ensuring that incumbents are not uh, drawing district lines that will serve to benefit them and making sure that all communities are represented and all stakeholders have a voice at the table and, and everyone is at the table. Another aspect is I'm working on Irvine Tech Week, uh, which is to really hone in in that uh, starter founder economy. And really we wanna help incubate and nurture ideas that people have and help help ideas launch into actual viable businesses. Um, or if you already have an idea, and you might even have an idea for an app, you know, getting in front of uh, VCs and being able to pitch and getting a, possibly even a round of investment or, you know, uh, working and figuring out how to set up a, you know, a business for the first time. That's all the aspects that are going to be there uh, available for this tech week, which will be at the end of March. So that's a, that's a big thing I'm working on. And then ensuring that, uh, we continue on our climate action goals here within the city of Irvine and also uh, work on ensuring that uh, we have equity from a housing uh, standpoint. We are looking at uh, converting underperforming retail into uh, housing opportunities and making sure that with that, we have enough inventory and that we're reshaping the product mix a bit because, you know, single family homes right now, it's an unsustainable, unreachable goal for a lot of us, uh, myself included, but we want to provide opportunities for our working, uh, our working families to live in and those that are, you know, beneath the 80% of area median income, which is, you know, people making under, you know, a hundred thousand a year is still considered low income. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's, that's very, so that's a lot of, uh, a lot of things just to, yeah. just to name a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, is there a question I should have asked you that I did not, or something you'd like to add? Um, no, I think you, you pretty much answer, you know, ask a lot of questions and, and I'm, you know, happy to be able to be here for any of your listeners, uh, who may be interested in local politics or the city of Irvine or me, or, 
you know, the work that I do on a day-to-day basis, anyone can reach out to me at Tammy Kim at cityofirvine.org. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Vice Mayor. I really appreciate it. It was nice chatting with you. Uh, thank you luck. so much. Yeah, thanks, Vic. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Take care. So that was my interview with uh, Irvine Vice Mayor uh, Tammy Kim. Uh, Vice Mayor, thank you so much for your time, uh, for being on the Blunt Post with Vic, and I hope to chat with you again soon. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.